Welcome back to Be You. So one of the ways that most of us keep ourselves from expressing ourselves fully is by preventing or blocking our own pleasure, our own desires, saying no when we want to say yes, saying yes when we want to say no, not putting ourselves first, thinking about what matters to everyone else but us. Today, I am so thrilled to have Amy Batuski on BU Podcast. Amy is a pleasure and intimacy expert. She's committed to helping women live turned on, connected, satisfying lives. She's the co-founder of Desire on Fire, a retreat company based in California. She's trained with some of the top intimacy and sexuality teachers in the world, and she has led workshops and retreats all around the world, including New York, California, at Burning Man, Mexico, Peru, and Bali. I'm a student of Amy's, and you are going to love what she shares with you today. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, I am extremely excited and grateful to bring to you a friend, someone who doesn't even know she's a mentor of mine, but she is, Amy Batuski. Amy, what we're going to dive into today, oh my gosh, you know, before we (laughs) learn about you, I just want to say to everyone listening, this is a topic and an area of being us, because that's what we're talking about on this podcast, be you, right? This is an area of growth that I feel and this is not even my area of expertise, just from being a woman, this is the area that we all hide from. We judge, we shame, we ignore, we stick it in the closet, we throw it in the basement, we bury it in the backyard. And so I am turning 49, right around the corner from this episode. And you would not know. Thank you. (laughs) You would never know. Thank you. And I know that this is an area of my life that I have just ignored. And I had a conversation with Amy and our friend Ellie recently about it being revealed to me. I knew that it was time to start going there. It's not that I intentionally was avoiding this. It wasn't even on my radar because, you know, you're, you learn what you're ready to learn. And so I am so grateful, first of all, that you're here. I'm, I'm genuinely excited because I'm going to be learning right along with everyone else. So for those listening who haven't heard your amazing podcast, which is so good, they're not following you yet on social media. Will you just catch everyone up? Who are you? What is this work exactly? Like, how did you get started? How long have you been doing this? And then we'll start talking about just the topic of women and pleasure. Great. 
Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm so excited to be here and to be sitting down in this conversation with you and to be sharing with your community. It's such a pleasure for me. <laughs> so speaking of pleasure. So, okay. Wow. That's a big question. That Many questions inside of that one. So, okay. What do I do? Where did I start? Okay. Well, here's what I'll say. I definitely was never planning to be a teacher or coach around pleasure ever, <laughs> ever. That was not my plan. And actually, you know, the long story short, I was, I, after college, I was in the corporate world and I kind of did this sort of regular thing that we're expected to do in our culture. I did the nine to five and then I really felt the call to move to LA from New York and start coaching. So I've been coaching full time for five years, but I was not coaching around sexuality, intimacy and pleasure at all because those areas of my life weren't doing so well. And it's exactly what you said when you were introducing this episode that we shame it, we hide it. We can be doing amazing things in the world, be super successful, be light, bright, spiritual, and still not look at our sexuality, pleasure, and intimacy fully, right? Or, or think that we are, but aren't really. And so that was me. I was really connected. I had a great network. I had beautiful family relationships. I was had done transformational work for years. You know, I thought I had made it. And <laughs> what I didn't realize is that I wasn't looking at my relationship to my own body, my relationship to my own pleasure, and really digging into my relationships with men. And so my love life and sex life reflected that. And so, you know, I had my own business. So once I moved to LA and started coaching, everything was great except this area of my life. And this is an area where we can get away with ignoring it. Right. We can get away with ignoring it, hiding it, avoiding it. Now, in my opinion, we can't get away with it forever because in my opinion, my perspective, when we shame and hide this part of ourselves for so long, it creates disease, discomfort, depression. And not just this area, you know, other areas being suppressed also can create those things, but this is one of our most important areas of life. It is our primal, it's our, it's our bodies. It is our pleasure. It is our, in my opinion, birthright to be connected to our bodies and our pleasure and our sensations, you know, that we can experience. So I was disconnected. And so that's why I started to have these conversations. Like you said, you only have them when you're ready. And so I wasn't ready for many, many years, even while coaching. And then I was ready. So I started attending courses and retreats and programs focused on pleasure, sexuality, sensuality, and desire. And along with my friend and business partner, Ellie, we were actually attending courses and trainings alongside each other, but rarely ever together. We were on different coasts. And so we were kind of on the same journey, but we were just checking in about it on the phone. And then everything started to change. My relationship to myself started to change. My relationship to men started to change where I was able to start receiving attention from men when before I was always critical of men. Like, why are they always catcalling? Why are they so disgusting? Why do they only want to have sex? Why are they this? Why are they that? And I had all these judgments and stories about men and the masculine. And it kept me from being able to receive their attention and love. And so that started to shift and my relationship with my body started to shift. I started doing sensual movement classes. I started practicing something called orgasmic meditation. I started doing all of these embodied practices to learn to listen to this thing that, that is carrying me around all day, my body. And which I was ignoring her. I was living in my head. I was not even connected to my body or what she was asking for or telling me. And I started to have my body lead my life. And that was radical. That was just radical for me. And I started having sex again. I had, I had stopped having sex for, almost, for years. And, and this is me. I'm 
I'm in my 20s. Like in my 20s, I stopped having sex. And that's like most people say that, you know, in their 30s or 40s or, you know, well, into marriage. And this was me. I was, I was just frozen. And I think a lot of women experience this where they, they feel a, a level of frozenness in their bodies. And I felt frozen. I didn't know that I was frozen until I started thawing out. And then I was like, whoa, I have been so frozen. And in the thawing process, I started to feel more. I started to cry more. We have women in our work, you know, my community is called Desire on Fire, as you know. And we have women in our community and in our work that are just starting to cry a lot. And they're like, why am I crying all the time? And I'm like, it's okay. You're just thawing out. It might not even be caused by anything. They're like, nothing sad. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is beautiful. This is the thawing out. It's well, and w- I know we're not going too juicy today, but it's, it's like wetness, right? Is this beautiful, natural part of the feminine, right? It's thawing, it's wetness, it's crying, it's sweat, it's drooling, it's, you know, wetness in other places, the wetness of life, right? Thinking of dew, right? And in rain, I'm in Bali and it's very feminine. And so letting ourselves cry is very feminine. It's also not what we do when we're frozen. There's a lot of metaphors here. There's a lot of connection between our emotions, our bodies, our sexuality, and our pleasure. And so this is where I started my journey. And I've been in beautiful, deeply fulfilling relationships since I started this work and that have blown my mind and learned to ask for what I want inside and outside of the bedroom. I say from the bedroom to the boardroom, it completely transformed my business, my ability to receive money. So financial abundance, everything transformed when I started this work. Going back to even just pleasure, doing something you love, having a cup of tea, talking to a friend when you feel like you should be doing X, Y, or Z. Tell me what that means when you're coaching these women. I can't wait to tell people how you do it. But when you're coaching women, why do women like me, you know, resist pleasure? One, I think we're, you know, you talked about masculine, feminine energy. We're we're caught up in our own masculine, you know, energy and we're just go, 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 do, 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 hustle, hustle. Um, but there's this sort of shame. There's a permission that we have to give ourselves that men don't have to give themselves and they don't, they don't need to and they don't. They just do it. Like they're like, you know, the, the baby that's screaming because they need a bottle. They don't care what you think. They're hungry. That's how men are, in my opinion. <laughs> and with us, it's like we have to ask permission. What do you see coming up for women, even just around any kind of pleasure before we even get into the other? Yeah. It's such a great question. And this is why, I mean, you know this, but Ellie and I led a pleasure challenge for women. We led it three different times over the last month or two. And it was not focused on anything inside the bedroom, right? It was completely about pleasure in your life. And so that's why I love this question because we collapse pleasure with being only sexual. And pleasure is everywhere, right? We can experience pleasure when we're eating, when we're sitting in our yard, even when we're sitting at our computer and we're, you know, we're having to do that a lot right now. And we can experience it just being with ourselves in meditation. We can in the, in the subtlest moments. And I love the question because there is so much shame. There is so much conditioning around this topic. I think it's because being connected to our pleasure is so powerful. And, you know, I mean, when we do get into the more nitty gritty, which I know we will later, it's like people will move mountains to experience pleasure with a woman. They will do dramatic and drastic things to experience pleasure with a woman. So imagine if a woman was fully connected to her pleasure all the time in all areas of life. Uh, It's like, whoa, that's a lot of power. 
whoa, that is a lot of permission to do anything, to live any way. And so it's actually safer having us disconnected from our pleasure, from our feminine power, and just living in the masculine, right? Doing, achieving, fulfilling, rewarding, getting to the top. You talk about this so much because you're, you've are you been so successful and you know that there are many different parts of life that are important and not just success, right? And what is it? What is being alive? What is being us? And what actually is important versus what we've learned is important, right? And so... It's about healing this conditioning and the shame around our pleasure and then having permission to connect to it at any point in the day. And it, to me, it requires softening. So much of, of my view of being in the feminine energy is softening and we have to soften and slow down in order to be present to pleasure, in order to be aware of the sensations of anything, right? The breeze, the smells, the taste. I love swimming, right? Swimming is so pleasurable for me. And we're disconnected from it and we definitely don't want to admit when things are pleasurable because it is so we have been told since we were young from religion and culture and media like that's shameful that sh- that should be private that should be hidden that shouldn't be talked about right so we're like we're completely in that box and would never want to admit oh my god that thing felt really good yeah and even like the i thought of something as you were talking when i was told i have this new beautiful grandbaby um, who just turned one. And here I've already birthed and raised three kids. And I'm holding this baby. And my arm is cramping up. My back is hurting. And I'm in this bizarre contorted position. And my husband said, Jill, just get comfortable. Now think about it. I've raised three children. And here I am in my late 40s with a cramp in my back and my arm is hurting to make sure the baby was comfortable. And my husband, that was a foreign concept for him. A man or a woman who's connected to her pleasure, a man gets comfortable, adjusts himself as he should, and then adjusts the baby to him. But most women don't. And I think that's, it just popped in my head as you were talking. That's an example of us denying our, ourselves and denying our own pleasure or even feeling guilty for doing anything for ourselves. Like this whole theme right now of, oh, I had a nap and and I went and got a pedicure as if that's like this huge gift to yourself that you got to go get a pedicure, right? I got my husband to babysit the kids, <laughs> right? Well, and, and a lot of women stop there, right? They're like, oh, this was such a big deal that I got a pedicure yeah. or whatever, I, you know, one small thing that I did. And then it's like, well, now that's my my quota for the day or the week, right? Or the month, God forbid. Yes. But but you're, you're so right. And this is the work that I do. And it comes in subtle, subtle, subtle places. I love that you gave the example of holding the baby because we think of pleasure, right? As being these these huge things like, oh, it's the, it's the manicures. Oh, it's the massages. Oh, it's in the bedroom. Oh, it has to be some grandiose thing to be pleasurable. And you know this, but when women are on our calls or our courses or our programs, I tell women, okay, right now, what can you do to make yourself 10% more in your pleasure. Just 10%. Go grab tea, get a fuzzy blanket, maneuver yourself, lie down. Maybe you want to put your hair up in a scrunchie. Maybe you want to wash your hands. Maybe your hands don't feel so good. Like I, I'm like, I love having like really clean hands and body. So I'm like, maybe you want to like wash your feet. You know, you maybe you were outside in the garden and your feet feel kind of gross and you don't even think about it. You just deal with it, right? So how can you make yourself 10% more in your pleasure and more comfortable. And 
yeah, we don't do that. You know, we're so in our people pleasing patterns. This is a big part of what Ellie and I teach in Desire on Fire. We talk about, we call it good girl syndrome and it's good woman syndrome, right? For us women, it's like, we are so stuck in what we learned as good girls, as little girls to be accommodating, to be giving, to not ask for too much, to be quiet, to not make too much noise. And all of these things translate into our lives. And then you're sitting there with a baby and you're uncomfortable and then you get resentful, right? And that's what happens is like you then get resentful at your husband or you get resentful at your daughter or right, or the baby, God forbid, because you're not taking care of yourself. And this happens all the time with women when we are denying ourselves, our pleasure, our desire, the things that we need to be taken care of in our bodies and our spirits. And then we get resentful at everybody else and it comes out sideways and it really can cause wreckage in our relationships. Yeah. And you know, I don't even do what you do. And I am going to submit that almost all women do this. Like some things I've talked about so far on the podcast where I'm like, you know, if this is not something you experience, this is something I believe the vast majority of women, at least in the United States, that they suffer from this, choose this, are numb to this, have no idea. Like I feel like the work you and Ellie are doing is so needed but people don't even know that it's needed. They don't even realize that this is the part of their house that really needs to get fixed when they're like putting paint on the house and getting new shingles. And you're like, dude, you need to fix the crank on the foundation. Like that's the most important thing. And I'm an example. You know, I did your one of your retreats over the weekend and just that little taste of it. You know, it was a shorter retreat, like a Friday night, Saturday, part of Sunday. And we did the breath work. And I, in that experience, realized one, it was transformational and amazing. And two, this scares the shit out of me. And you have to understand, I'm a bold person who will dig in. I've done Landmark too. I, you know, walked on the hot coals. I've sat in a cemetery and written my own obituary. I've, you know, been in a room full of 50 people be- beating on pillows till I throw up. And I've done a lot of things to crack myself open. And this is an area that is really scary. Now, on one hand, it's scary for me because I do have sexual trauma in my background, ancestral trauma, trauma as a child, probably even as a toddler, but I don't remember something that happened when I was in high school. And then an abusive relationship with a boyfriend in high school, college with sexual abuse, right? So of course, I'm, it's obvious, but right. The big but is women who don't have that in their background are just as afraid of this, aren't they? That's right. They're just as afraid of it. So my question is, I mean, obviously someone like me is going to have um, some resistance to this whole topic for good reason, right? We can still work through it, but it's going to be different. The women who don't have sexual trauma, any sort of violation of their sovereignty in their background at all, how does their resistance show up? Yeah, such a great question. And first of all, thank you so much for sharing all that. I know that you're practiced in sharing vulnerably, but most people aren't. And so everything that you just shared for a lot of people would be like the most painful thing for them to share and reveal and so scary. And so thank you so much for your vulnerability. And I know that you've done so much work on yourself to be able to freely share about your life and your experiences and not get not make them so so significant that you can't talk about them and heal them. And I know you've done so much healing. And so I acknowledge you for that. So thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you. Yeah, it's such a good question. We get the whole mix of women that come into our work. And I'll just share for myself, I I didn't experience any overt trauma growing up. So grateful. And it's rare. 
right? It's rare. Most women experience some sort of sexual or emotional or physical trauma or abuse at different times in life, unfortunately. And we're working on changing the world here. So that's not the case. But it doesn't matter. We are in this culture. We are products of this culture. So even though I didn't experience any overt abuse, I was actually raised in a very sex positive house. My parents were gave us the sex talk many times. My mom was so beautiful in communicating about sex and that it's pleasurable, that it's beautiful, and to only do it when you can actually be responsible for any of the potential outcomes. And like really just encouraging and loving. She gave my friends a sex talk sometimes because she's like, I want to make sure they're getting the sex talk, you know, and really educated us sister and I. So I felt really encouraged around this area of my life and supported. And still, I was super frozen when I grew up because I live in this culture. Because I was getting information from the media and from society. And I noticed people weren't talking about these things. Right? It's subtle. Right? It's like, oh, nobody's talking about pleasure or sex. Hmm, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Right? Nobody's discussing these topics. Um, Oh, something happened to me sexually or not. And nobody else seems to be talking about it if it was good or bad. So I'm not going to talk about it, whether it was good or bad. You know, God forbid it was, it was abusive or traumatic. Definitely people withhold that and, and hide that because there's shame and stigma around that. So yeah, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've experienced. Women have resistance around these topics because we are a product of our culture. And so what it takes is a woman just being willing to feel any little whisper of desire just being like, oh, I really want to look at this, or I really, I really think it's time, or this is really an area that is not working for me, or where I feel stuck, or where I could use some guidance, or I'm not fulfilled. Any whisper of desire like that, being willing and courageous enough to follow it and, you know, sign up for a course or talk to a coach or listen to my podcast or another person that has something similar, you know, similar topics to start following that whisper of desire to start doing the healing work and the discovery work around pleasure. And, you know, and that's why I wanted to have you on. And for those listening, I always say that everyone listening is listening. <laughs> so for all of you out there, we're doing two different episodes, two separate episodes. One, because I want to make sure I, I get Amy. They're, they're doing so many big things in the next six months. Yes. Yes. I can't wait to hear about it. But I also wanted to have you on because I know that if I'm just looking into this at my age, I know that there are other women my age older too, and younger who aren't just resisting. They don't even know. It's not just that they don't have, haven't given themselves permission to go here. They don't even know it's something that they can talk about, that they should talk about. So just doing this podcast episode, my intention for this is that this is a gift to every woman who listens to do whatever they want with it, but to invite them, like you said, to just take a look at this area. How would you rate yourself in this area? Do you want to learn more? Are you really fulfilled in this area? Are you pretending that you're fulfilled? Or do you not even believe you should be fulfilled? You're not allowed to be fulfilled. It's not your role as a woman, right? And this is the stories that we, I mean, gosh, I could talk for a whole day with you because the as I'm talking, I realize I don't even talk about this with my friends. Like I talk about deep stuff with my friends. I, like you, surround myself with people who are growing and we don't talk about this. We never talk about sex. We never talk about pleasure. We never talk, never. It's never talked about. It's just like there's a joke here and there. Or we just assume everyone's doing fine. And rarely are people doing as fine as they say, right? Because, well, we, we settle for what we think is good, right? I mean, we can get into this in the second round, but we, we settle for what we, we're like, yeah, you know, that area is fine, right? We're good. 
And yeah, I don't know how much to get into it, but it's just the norm to think that whatever you have is fine. It's enough. Even if so much more is possible, so much more fulfillment and satisfaction and juiciness and sensation and, and heat and power and love. We don't even think it's, we're like, well, this is fine. Right. And you see this all the time in the, in the work that you've done professionally of people that are like, this is fine. This job is fine. Right. This income is fine. This is absolutely fine. I'm just not, I'm not a stand for people being fine in their love life, in their sex life, in their professional life, in any area of life. Like fine doesn't work for me. I am just committed to women being oozing pleasure in every area of life, just so connected to their bodies and what feels good and their boundaries and their desires and having life feel good every area so nothing is being suppressed and nothing is being avoided because we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm, I love that. Do you find, Amy, that the people, the women you work with, do you find that the women who come to you have already, even though a lot of them are pretty young, but they've already been doing the work, as we say, you know, and for those who don't know what that means, I mean, introspective, you know, work, because my guess, I'm guessing, is that this usually is last and they've already done enough that now they they're aware of it they've given themselves themselves permission and they're ready to play at a higher level because for me looking at this area of my life this was the last piece probably because of pain and trauma that's there literally locked in my body but two i've grown enough as a person to realize wait i do deserve more in every single area why am i ignoring this area is that true like do you see that Oh, yeah, absolutely. My teachers used to say, this is the last stop on the train. <laughs> and I, I don't say that because I don't think there is any last stop. You know, like in our growth journey, there is no end. Like it is just continuous. And especially after women come into this work, then they're like, wow, like so much is possible. And they continue to expand their spirituality and their professional life and their income and their sexuality and everything just continues to expand. So I wouldn't say it's the last stop, but it's the same. It's that reference. And I would say definitely the majority of women who come into our work have done a lot of other personal growth work, introspective work, spiritual work, so that they are open to this conversation. And I'll say for myself, I would not have been able to start here. On my growth journey, I would not have been able to start here. And some women do. So I'm not saying if you haven't done a lot of growth work and you're listening to this episode, doesn't mean you shouldn't you know, check out my work, my podcast, my retreats. For sure, if you're feeling the call, go for it. We do have women who have never done any courses, any coaching, any programs. And there are, yes, I'm shocked. I'm like, way to go, courageous woman. That is amazing, right? But most women, yes, have done some other work. They've opened themselves up. That was me. I needed to do years of coaching, training, you know, leadership and, and transformational work before I was like, oh yeah, this is an area I need to work on. And I feel willing enough to do it, even though I'm terrified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So before we take a sharp left turn, which I'm excited to do that. I want to stay here for a minute and ask you ask you something here. I'll use myself as an example. I don't think it's a coincidence that I have what I've already shared and I also would feel uncomfortable walking into a room, let's say with, you know, a really what I would call sexy outfit on. Even when I was like rocking it. I mean, I'm rocking it now, right? Uh yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, even when you feel like you're, you're, you're at your peak, if I were younger and, you know, maybe I, at that time, I felt like I was at my peak. I still did not like the eyes on me. I still would wear things to cover myself up. I'm sure, yes, some of that's connected to trauma, but 
But I suspect too, some of it isn't that it's just like you said, the conditioning, it's bad to show your body. It's bad. Like I, the judgment that I have felt for other women, I'm just going to out myself because I know other women can relate to this. You know, women showing their cleavage and show or not wearing a bra. Oh my God. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay with that. Like, like some of that is like, I'm, I'm grew up in the Midwest. I'm in the Bible Belt, right? But some of it is just, well, there's just so much we can talk about here, but it's just like the body of a woman. It's not even okay. Like I remember looking at on my vision board from a couple of years ago, I had a picture of Heidi Klum and she's in a blazer, like a very professional suit with no shirt underneath. And you can see her cleavage and her decollete. I've never even said that word before. Decollete. Is that how you say it? I think so. I don't say it either, but it sounds beautiful. And it's just so beautiful, right? She's just so, but I put her on there because I said to myself, I want what she has, which is she's super confident. She's also humble and approachable, right? And just sweet, right? And she's super, super sexy, but she owns that sexuality. She owns it. She works it. And, and, and I still am not there. Like I look at women like that, Amy. And I'm like, oh, I so badly want to be that, but it's really hard for me and it's very scary to me. So let's talk about that for a little bit because I think that is a, a so common It is with women. And I'm going to share one more quick thing that you're going to love. Please. You are going to love this. Yes. I'm loving this. So yes, more. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I have, I've given birth to three kids and I have two other children. I'm so grateful. And so the two girls that I gave birth to recently, I mean, they're turning 19 and just turned 22. So they're even more open with me. And we get to joke, the more I've worked on myself, I have thick skin now. And they can say, mom, you used to do this. You used to do that. And they were telling me recently, my oldest said, I didn't even know how sex worked. I didn't even know the penis went into the vagina, mom, until I was like 17. And, and you're a nurse. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't either. And I passed that on to them. But what you'll love is my middle daughter, who Julia has always been more reserved and actually was labeled as shy. Um, and she's really coming into her power. I can see it. And she posted a picture the other day on Instagram for Halloween. And I get very judgy about, look, Halloween is the excuse for women to dress like really sleazy and pretend that they're, you know, really wearing a costume, you know. And so I get very judgy about that. And my daughter, the last person on earth you'd ever think would do this, and I don't say that because I'm prideful, I'm that real, she really normally wouldn't. I see this post on Instagram and she's got this smoking hot, black, lacy, it's like a, it's a, you know, what do you call it? Like a, like lingerie? Lingerie, lingerie. And with these little shorts on and she has wings on and she's a dark angel and she's posing in a really sexy way. My first response was judgment. What will people think? I don't want my little girl doing that. That's not right. That's not good. People are going to think X, Y, and Z. I want to protect her, but I also want to shame her. And I stopped and I thought to myself, okay, hold on a minute. Now, I didn't quite follow through because I said to her, hey, you were super cute. I hope you had fun. And that was hard for me to do. But then I did, of course, follow it up with better than usual. But I said something along the lines of, So here's the deal, honey. You know, when you post things like that, kind of like what your mom said about intercourse, I just want to make sure you understand that not everybody will understand that. When your grandparents see that, you'll probably get a phone call. So as long as you're okay with that. And she said to me at 18, almost 19, 
who was the middle child, who was always the peacemaker, right? The wallflower. She said to me, and this is where you know God is speaking to you. God was speaking through her to me. Teacher, teacher. She said, mom, you know what? I just decided I don't care anymore. I don't care what people think. They can think what they want. I know who I am. I know who I'm not. And if they want to make some story up, they can do that. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Uh, Jill, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for revealing all of that because even that, right? We have shame about our shame. Normally we feel the shame, then we don't admit that we feel the shame. <laughs> because we have we have shame around our shame. So thank you for saying all of that because it is so real, like you said. So yes, this is why you're amazing at what you do. Thank God for this podcast and this conversation. Yes, there are so many things I want to say about this. First of all, this is part of what I teach. The things that we judge in other women are things that we do not have what I call rightness with in ourselves. Okay, so I'll give you examples. A woman dressed, quote, slutty, right? A woman dressed in a sexy, revealing outfit. I used to judge that, okay? I would be like, why is she wearing that? It's 10 o'clock in the morning at a coffee shop or whatever, right? (laughs) I would have all the reasons like why this is inappropriate in my mind, okay? And I've come to learn in this work that anytime I'm judging anyone, but we're speaking about women right now, anytime I'm judging women for anything, but we'll say for their sexual expression or their freedom or their fashion or their, you know, their work that, you know, I don't think I wouldn't do, right? It is a reflection of where I either don't think that I could ever do that or it is reflecting a part of myself that is suppressed which are actually kind of one and the same, but it's helpful for people to look at it in different ways, right? So I ask people to look at, okay, where do you think, where do you think you could never let yourself do that because of your conditioning or your upbringing or your family or your husband, my judge, right? Or your your friends, God forbid, they, you know, saw that. So where do you think that you could never do that? You don't give yourself permission to do what she's doing. Or where is that reflecting a part of you that you have disowned? Some part of you, like we all have the slutty archetype inside of us. Okay, I won't say all because I really can't make generalizations like that, but I would say majority of women have, because we have all the archetypes inside of us. We have mother, we have goddess, we have queen. We also have slut and we have child. Sometimes we just want to be children and just be like, oh, you know, and like, I want to be a victim. We also have victim archetype inside of us. We have all of the different archetypes inside of us as women. And we shame certain archetypes. We shame certain parts of ourselves as not being appropriate, not being good enough, not being adult, right? Not being mature. It doesn't make it go away. (laughs) It's still there. We just shame it and hide it. And then we shame and suppress it in other women. So that's what it's reflecting in what you're saying. And it's funny you said the bra thing because I never wear a bra now. I never do. Like it's so like it's so much more comfortable for me. I'm like, why do we even wear bras? Like that's where I've gotten to now. And to me, I'm like this weird thing that our culture says that our breasts need to be round and they need to be pushed up and they cannot sag and they need to have a wire underneath them. Like it's it's literally just what we've been conditioned since we were kids. We don't even question it, right? You're like, of course you need to wear a bra. And I did the same for majority of my life. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this isn't comfortable. I don't actually like my breasts looking 
perfectly round and perky. I actually like their natural curve. I actually want to just let them breathe. My clothing feels more pleasurable without a bra, right? And then, wow, look at that. Permission to just wear what I want to wear. But if I was still stuck in all the conditioning and beliefs that that wasn't appropriate or that was too revealing or that was too da-da-da-da-da, I wouldn't be able to be in my own pleasure. (laughs) and wear what I want to wear. And I would still be judging other women who were not wearing bras, which I still do at times, Jill, because I don't wear, I don't wear bras, but I don't wear revealing things where you get like, say, I don't wear see-through things, for example. Okay. Without a bra. Now I have friends that do, and I have judgment. Now, what does my judgment come from? I don't give myself permission to wear see-through things without a bra. Because I still have those parts of me that think it's inappropriate or would call the wrong attention or is too asking for it. Now, I luckily have the awareness to think about those voices and question where they come from. And I know that they come from the patriarchy. I know that they come from this culture that we've been raised in. And I don't mean patriarchy like against men. I mean against the toxic beliefs that we have been dealt, right? And so that's that's what I want to say about that. And the And the Halloween costume, I love it. I love her breaking free from her own shackles of beliefs And just, this is what I want to wear, mom. You know, and great. And that's so beautiful because another thing that I've learned, and this is something that I've learned in recovery, because you know this, but I'm in, I practice 12 steps. And what I've learned in recovery is you got to let people hit their bottoms. And so you got to let your daughters hit their own bottoms. They have to learn. They got to scrape their knees. You you know, and parents, they're like, I never want my child to get hurt. You know, your children are going to get hurt, Right. And I'm not saying she's going to hit a bottom wearing a, you know, wearing that outfit, but she might learn. She might wear something and be like, I don't like how this thing feels, or I don't like the way that people responded to me. Ooh, I'm going to change it. Or I do like what I'm wearing and I don't like how people are responding and I still love it and I'm going to still wear it. Right. We have to let people hit their own lows, their own learning points, their own bottoms. And once we actually give people the dignity of their own experience, it's a reflection of giving ourselves the dignity of our own experience. And that it's like a mom who can let her daughter do as she will, do as she likes, to me is a reflection of a mom at peace, a mom who is trusting, a mom who trusts God, who trusts herself and who trusts her kids to have their own experiences and learn from them. That's mm, so beautiful. Okay, so how can the women in this community find you and work with you? how they can work with me, how you all who are listening can work with me and what's available. So it's really exciting what we have coming up. It's actually this coming weekend when you listen to this episode, if you're listening in real time, which I hope many of you get to, Ellie and I are leading the Desire on Fire experience. It is a two and a half day virtual event for women. We have women all over the world signed up to be joining us in this experience. And we are going to be diving into these beliefs, what gets in the way of your pleasure, what gets in the way of you using your voice fully? We're going to give you tools and practices for speaking fully authentically in your life, connecting to your body, knowing what your body wants. We're going to do some, some thawing of that wherever you feel frozen, like we talked about earlier in this conversation. And in doing so, we're going to be doing it with women all over the world. And you will leave feeling more clear about your desires and listening to that inner voice, more aware of your boundaries and with some clarity and some power around speaking your truth. It's going to be so powerful. I cannot wait. I want every woman in this program. And since it's virtual, there's unlimited space, which is awesome. So the weekend is $695. But for those of you who are listening, 
because you are in Jill's community, we would like to offer all of you a $500 discount. And so if you want to join us, I know we want to make it an easy yes, even if you have that fear or resistance. So if you want to join us, you can join us using the code PLEASUREQUEEN at checkout and get the deal of $195 for the weekend. And so the the website is desireonfirelive.com, which I'll ask Jill to put in the show notes for you. So you just go to desireonfirelive.com and you use the code PLEASUREQUEEN and you can get in for $195 for a weekend experience with us. And I'll just say our in-person weekend retreats are normally three to $4,000. So this virtual experience and you know you all getting it for $195 is an awesome opportunity to say yes to yourself. And so for those of you who are listening before December starts, but you've missed the experience... We have an incredible deep dive program starting in December for six months called Pleasure Mastery. It is going to be so powerful and it's for women that are serious about transforming this area of their life and they want juicy, fulfilling relationships, sex, partnerships, and business and money because it's all connected. So let me know. You know, Get in contact with us. We are on Instagram at Amy Batuski is my Instagram and Desire on Fire on Instagram as well. So just reach out. Let us know if you're interested and you've heard this episode, but you missed the experience weekend. And we'll see about getting you into the program. Oh my gosh. First of all, I want to thank you for that. When you said $500 off, I thought you were going to say you get it for $500. Even that was a deal. I mean, this is this is a no-brainer. No-brainer. Thank you. Thank you. Very generous and very exciting. This was so great. So appreciative. Thank you so much, Amy, for your time. And I know everyone enjoyed this. Amazing. Thanks, Jill. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at Jill Herman BU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.